Hello everyone, and welcome to the Quick Connect Podcast, the show that is about giving you the best insights and advice on leadership and leadership development. Now, let's jump right into today's episode. In a world where there are too many podcasts, only one person can bring balance to the chaos. It's time for the Quick Connect Podcast. Please welcome your host, the Senior Vice President of Services, Tim Rogers. Hello, hello, welcome everyone to our Stars, Stripes, and Strategic Insight episode, which happens to be our second episode of 2023. Our second episode of Quick Connect, that is. Your quarterly podcast dissecting the art and science of leadership and empowering you with strategies for personal and professional growth. I'm your host, Tim Rogers, and it's an absolute delight to have you with us today. I want to take a moment to acknowledge we're celebrating the entire week this week, 4th of July, a time when we celebrate the courageous leadership that shaped our nation, that embodied the spirit of independence and the power of unity. It's a perfect backdrop for today's discussion. And as we wrap up this 4th of July week, we also need to illuminate our minds with thoughts of how we can become more impactful leaders in our own unique way. With that in mind, we have a very special guest joining us, someone who has truly ignited their world with transformational leadership, and I'll get to that in a few minutes. But more, buckle up, because this is going to be an episode set to explode with insights. So now it's time. Today's guest is Colonel Jackson Doan. Colonel Doan has been a Marine Corps officer for over 25 years. He has held several leadership positions during his military career and has commanded hundreds of service members. Colonel Down is the recipient of the Bronze Star, Operation Enduring Freedom, and Operation Iraqi Freedom Campaign Medals. First of all, thank you for your service, Colonel Down, and welcome to the show. How are you doing? Yeah, pretty good. Thank you so much. So uh, good afternoon to those on the East Coast and Aloha all the way over here from uh, Oahu, Hawaii. Uh, doing great. Thank you. Great. How long have you been stationed in Hawaii, Colonel? So we've been here, <laughs> we've been here for two years, and in, in Marine Corps fashion, uh, you know, we can't have too much fun in one spot. So uh, this will probably be our, our last year uh, if uh, the, the Marine Corps had its way. Uh, but right now we're, we're, you know, playing it by ear. And uh, two years has, has been uh, the most fun we've had thus far. Excellent. Great. And you know what? I'm going to start with this. This is the easiest question I'm going to ask you all day. What's your favorite part of your job? Oh, see? <laughs> and and that's a hard question for me because there's two elements of it. There's the, the part of your job that you do day to day. In, in this facet for me, I am Assistant Chief of Staff for Force Design Development of the Marine Corps as we delve into a future of technology and how we adjust our parameters into a fight for our pacing threat uh, to our nation. And the other part is the part that I've been doing for the last 25 plus years is leading and serving Marines. That That's another aspect. So you have the job technical proficiency aspect and then you have the job that I think really means the most to me is the ability to serve and lead with young men and women of, of all branches, in particular the Marine Corps, uh, day in and day out, and just be humbled by every single thing that they do every day and sacrifice for our country. And a lot of times I've come across Marines that, that will say, I'll, I'll sacrifice for you. And I'm like, I never want you to sacrifice for me. I'll be the one sacrificing for you. I just appreciate that you sacrificed for our country. So. That's got to be the fair part, waking up every morning and, and serving with these Marines. 
you know, I think it's something really important that you said that to my ear, we talk about this a lot on Quick Connect in terms of leadership, and that is serving those Marines. Leadership is not about just being on top or having the fancy title or being in charge. Leadership is about serving others. Yeah, absolutely. It is truly a, it is truly servant leadership, right? It's about serving other people. Yeah. So, you know, there's, there's a subservient factor in there and you look at these things, you know, I've, I've always been told as a young lieutenant, you know, in order to be a good leader, yeah, in order to be the chief, you got to be a good Indian. And, you know, what that equates to is, hey, if you want to be a good leader, you got to be able to serve. You got to be able to understand uh, what other people need and just be able to do that with a, in essence, with a happy heart. I do believe that is a strong characteristic that many good leaders have. They're just willing to roll up their sleeves and put themselves in the, in the place where they understand and can empathize where their constituents are, where their co-workers are, where their teammates are, and not put themselves in a position where they're always looking at themselves in a higher place. They should look at themselves in the same place as those that they serve with. And uh, I do believe that that can go a far way with leaders. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. And now it's time for Quote of the Day. Here is a little wisdom, knowledge, and enlightenment to take with you. It's time for the Quick Connect Quote of the Day. The supreme quality for leadership is unquestionably integrity. Without it, no real success is possible, no matter whether it is on a section game, a football field, in an army, or in an office. That quote is by Dwight Eisenhower. You may rec- you may recognize his name, yeah. I'm going to assume, right? Sure, sure. <laughs> what does that quote mean to you? You know, I think that quote means no matter what position you're in, you are human and you are fallible and the things that we hold true and the things that cannot get taken away are the things that you hold true in your heart. And integrity is one of those things that you can't put a value on. You can't buy it. You can't really, you can't really earn it. You just have to exhibit it and have it within yourself and show that. But I also know that we are not purely 100% perfect people. And with that in mind, all the mistakes that we can make, you could always fall back to knowing that you gave everything you had, you were true to your heart, you're true to your mission. And if you have those elements, integrity will no doubt rise above all other things that you have. Um, It just shows that, that leadership just shows that we are fallible as humans and everything else doesn't matter if your integrity is taken away. Yeah, I completely agree with you. You have to lead with integrity. And speaking of that, let's talk a little bit about some effective leadership traits. Yeah. Whole of effective leadership is whether in the military or in a civilian business context, boils down uh, to a couple different foundational traits. A sense of vision, of course, is paramount. Uh, leaders who can articulate a compelling strategic direction and inspire others to buy into that strategy can really achieve great success. Then, of course, you have to have great communication. It's another vital trait. Successful leaders excel in clear and consistent messaging, ensuring that everyone understands their roles and responsibilities. And you live that every day. Yeah. Serious leadership, you're living that every day. So is there an example that you can share regarding how effective um, a sense of vision is for a leader? Why is that so important? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I will put it, I, I, I'll refrain just because the, the audience, I'll refrain from saying the sense of vision when it comes to combat because those can be very finite, very specific things in the environment that you're in. You know, the vision of understanding intelligence preparation, the battlefield and knowing the enemy, knowing the trade and those things, 
those are specific things that require specific actions. But I guess in general leadership and the vision of perspective that the person that is put in charge needs to express to all of the people that work on that team or work in that community, effective communication as far as is vision really does mean does the team that you're working for, or does the, the unit or the corporation or the group of people, do you all embody the same perspective? And if you do not embody the same perspective, does that leader make it very clear what that perspective is? And when that vision is very clear, it unifies the effort by everyone else rowing multiple different facets in companies, multiple different facets in units, and everyone has a specific job. But if the vision is set where they understand the big picture, the end state, everyone can do their part to make that happen. Uh, there's a there's a good little word, it's called heteroscedadicity. And I like that word because what it says is there's microcosms of units and people, all doing their little pieces of the pie, not necessarily connected to each other, but all going towards the same end state. And when you put them all together, it allows the vision to come to fruition and allows success to happen at end state. So the the one thing that hits hard with me is, and I, I'll be honest, I'll be honest, like I said, we're, we are, we're infallible. Um, first time in 25 years have I ever received uh, feedback from, in, in this case, a senior officer, and I'm not afraid to say it, uh, it was uh, anonymous uh, in, in a survey, but this one individual of all of the people that I worked that worked for me in my division said that, you know, Colonel Dillon needs more vision. He needs to be more creative. He needs to give us another perspective and uh, show us a different element of initiative. And I took that to heart. I took that to heart because, you know, my my mission and my vision is pretty much the same as my commanding general's mission. I follow his intent and I derive from that and I say, this is the direction we're going. But in force design and development, which is highly technical and sometimes strategic and operational, uh, this one individual wanted more. And when you have one person in a team of hundreds not understand the end state, that in itself can become cancerous. That in itself can can spread throughout a unit where he doesn't know, well, maybe he doesn't know, maybe it's this. And then people start to come up with their own perspective of what we what they should be doing. Hence, I had to come over off the top ropes and say, this is what it is. These are my thoughts. This is the direction we're going. But with all that said, what is your perspective and do you feel it's the right way? Because by giving them the opportunity to give some feedback, they also give buy-in. Uh, but it was a good reminder, vision is absolutely important. It absolutely lets people know that they have confidence in what you're doing. And they also can see that you have confidence in understanding the way ahead, regardless of how long the road is. Uh, but that that's the most recent element. And, and most most officers say, well, I've never been critiqued. And no one has ever told me I never had vision. <laughs> and that's, that's a bunch of bull. Uh, every, everybody has someone in their unit that always questions in any company that says, ah, I don't know if that's right. And that's good. It's absolutely a healthy thing. Well, I got to tell you, if, if if nobody's saying it, you're probably not listening. Yeah. Because because you you the leader has to adjust to everybody. They can't just That's bark right. out an order. They can't just bark out a directive or an initiative. They have to adjust to the listening styles, the learning styles, and make sure their vision is clear. Because like you said, it can get treacherous when one person yeah. starts creating their own vision because they weren't hearing you, right? That's they weren't right. seeing where you were going. Let's talk just real quickly about effective communication. I mean, I have, a, I have a saying that I, I use all the time that is 95% of all things that go sideways are due to bad communication, right? Poor communication. Yeah. Uh, and there's usually there's usually a starting point for it. How has communication helped you be an effective leader? Uh, communication is everything. 
uh, I always I go by I, I, I go by a, a theme uh, for senior officers all the way down to that private first class, and it's flat communications in 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 a hierarchical or a cast system where you have to start from the bottom to reach to the top, or you cannot talk to the boss unless you go through multiple channels. And in the military, they, they know that very well. You can't talk to the staff sergeant unless you talk to the sergeant. Staff sergeant can't talk to the lieutenant unless he talks to the gunner sergeant. And there's this whole rank and file structure. And all that does is it elongates the time to receive an answer, <laughs> elongates the time to understand what is going on. And so effective communication, in my perspective, is flat comms from the guy turning the bolt in the in the warehouse to the person paying the bills at the highest end, uh, writing the checks. Everyone should know what's going on. Yeah. And John, yeah. effective communication as a leader means you got to be concise. You got to say brass tacks what it is in the simplest format so that everyone can understand and not have to extrapolate different perspectives of what exactly did he say or I thought he said this. It's just very simple and very easy to understand. And and that means you got to break it down from scientific to layman and sometimes layman to scientific. But as you said earlier, you just have to understand your audience. You got to hear right. what they're saying. And if they're speaking and talking a certain way, you got to effectively communicate the same way that they speak and talk so that your actions and your thoughts are synonymous. If you're talking different, they're hearing you different. And if they're talking different, you're definitely not hearing it the way that they're saying it. And that really does become the catalyst for a breakdown in any effective communication. Yeah, I could I couldn't agree more. Let me let me um let me let me talk about something else here. Let's let's move forward on this on this effective leader thing. I think it's really important. Effective leaders are adept at decision making under pressure. They analyze situations quickly. They have to consider multiple perspectives and commit to a course of action. Leadership, I think about your role, 25 years in the military. Talk about being in situations where you have to analyze situations quickly, right? And then you start talking about empathy. So you got to be able to be quick, you got to be concise, and then you also have empathy. It transcends both contexts, right? Leaders who generally understand and care for their team members, cultivate trust. One of the most important words, I think, in, in the in the dictionary is trust, loyalty, and it improves morale. So finally, integrity forms the backbone, um, and leaders who model honesty and responsibility and ethical conduct ex- inspire the same in their team. So my question for you is, what are the leadership traits can you identify based on your experience besides ones I just mentioned? That's a really, really good question, Tim. You know, there's always those things where you want that leader to be so quick on his feet. You want him to be so sharp that he can make a decision just like that. He could ascertain the problem and define it very clearly and say, hey, this is what it is and, and make it very clear for everyone so that they that they have buy-in. Another leadership trait that I can identify with is with all that set in mind, with honesty, responsibility, with ethical conduct and that moral compass, you have to have a sense of humility. You have to have a sense that, hey, you may be the man or woman in charge. You may be the person in charge, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're the smartest person in the room. That doesn't necessarily mean you have all the answers. And the minute that you come across that way or the minute that you believe you have to is the first action in failing as a leader. When you think that you have all the answers, then you're wrong. When you think that you're supposed to have all the answers, then you're wrong. The sense of humility really puts in this perspective being humble. And when you're humble, you listen. And when you're humble, you're very open-minded. And when you're humble, you know that no matter what happens, people can relate to what you're going through because if they are true to their nature, which they usually are, they will want to be able to be a part of the team and uh, pitch in and help you out because they could 
they can emphasize in that manner. Uh, humility is one, one one big element for me when it comes to a leadership trait outside of, uh, of what you said, which I which I think is all very true. Yeah, humility and and just being humble. I mean, I, yeah. I think you're just that is that's outstanding. Thank you for that because you're right on point. Let, let me ask you one: How has your experience with good and bad leaders shaped your approach to life as a whole, your family life, your work life? You know, the path that you're following because there are good and bad leaders out there. We've all experienced it at one time or another in our lives. So. Tell me a little bit about that. How has it shaped your life? So good and bad leaders, uh, man, that is a that is a pretty common question because like you said, we've all experienced it in our lives. Uh, I've been fortunate and blessed enough to have more good leaders than bad leaders, but there have been those ones that, are, that kind of stuck out a little bit. I think <laughs> for, for both of those elements, for good leaders and bad leaders, I look at the perspective that I'm learning. You take the good leaders and you always want to take all their good traits like, hey, that was pretty good. That worked well. I like the way that they did that. Or I like the way they convey that. And you put that in your hip pocket. You take notes and say, I'm going to keep that in my hip pocket. I'm going to pull that note card out. When the time comes, I'm going to utilize that trait. With the bad leaders, the ones that rub you wrong or did something particularly that you did not agree with, or maybe it was just not right, you still learn those things you don't want to do. So there's one thing that I, that I take from good and bad leaders that you learn. And it's like MMA and combat and all these things that, are, that I've experienced in my life, uh, in particular with death, in particular with competition. I always say, you, you're not losing, you learn. You lose a match in jiu-jitsu, you lose a match in MMA, you don't lose, you learn. When you lose the, the alternate, when you lose a life, when you lose a team member in combat, when you lose a loved one, they're gone. But you learn from their experiences, you keep those things with you, you keep all the elements that, that were all the way up to the point they disappeared, and you take something away, and that's learning. So the, my experience with those, with, with, with both those elements of, of leaders is, you know, it's a wide ranging element, but the synonymous thing that comes from both of them is that I learn every single time. It does reflect back to that, what I stated earlier, other leadership trait is humility. If you're not willing to learn, you're not humble. And if you're not humble, then you're going to fail. Yeah, you're going you're gonna to fail. And that might be one of our biggest takeaways for our really young leaders that are listening or folks sure. that are maybe not in a leadership position, but want to be. And that is, is taking those good experiences and bad, right? Learn from both and take the ones that maybe drive you to be a better leader or the type of leader you want to be and put those in your pocket. Yeah. Those are the things you're going to want to do. It, connected with, let me say this, connected with that humility, right? Yeah. They're going to want to take that. They're going to, they want to have the utmost integrity. They're going to want to be clear in their communication. They're going to want to be humble and take those experiences, good and bad, and learn from them. That might be the greatest takeaway today is about learning from those experiences, good or bad. But boy, take the good ones and put them in your pocket. Yeah, keep those. Those, those are things you're going to need. Right? We we call those free chicken. You know, if someone says there's something good, has an inspirational quote, uh, just like the Eisenhower quote earlier. And I remember clearly that that's free chicken. That's something that you you keep with yourself all the time. It's, yeah, it's the other one that you really need to take hold of that you don't want to emulate. You know that, uh, for example, that that boss is a screamer. You know, he thinks his leadership is like the higher octave his voice goes, and that the more demanding he sounds, that's a good leader. Yeah, we're going to take that one and not do that. But we're going to learn from it and ensure that, that like history, if you remind yourself of it, it's not done to repeat itself. So you remind yourself of it, hey, these are things I don't want to do. <laughs> and those are the things that you probably have to work at, the, work at the most because it's very easy to fall into the realm of like following bad traits and bad habits. Uh, so that conscious element of, of learning will keep you on that path of uh, potentially Absolutely. not being one of those bad leaders. <laughs> Absolutely. One of the, the, probably the best takeaway today. Well, let me, let me say this. We've discussed some of the leadership similarities in the military and the corporate world. 
We've examined some of the foundational principles that make effective leadership successful, regardless of what context it's in. Rather, it's the importance of clear vision, the impact of effective communication, the ability to make decisions under pressure. Um, all these things, they're, they're really the traits or the bedrock of influential leadership. Absolutely. And that's what we want the, our, our listeners for. Hey, that's what I want to learn. I'm learning from you. We're having a great conversation. There's people that are going to be listening that are saying, hey, that's something I can take back and really focus on and use to develop myself to be a better leader and help develop leaders for the future. Because ultimately, that's probably our greatest responsibility, Colonel Doan, in my opinion. You and I in leadership positions and anybody out there listening that's in a leadership position, your job is to develop the future leaders. Yeah, absolutely. That's a very good perspective. Uh, you know, people think that leaders are the ones that just give directives. Leaders are the ones that just make sure a task is executed. No, it goes beyond that scope. A, a good leader, you know, tie, we'll, we'll keep the theme nested, you know, tied to humility and learning. A good leader understands those elements that develop his team and get them better. They, them better. They, they develops their perspective and develops their capabilities so that they, they not only perform, but they perform better. Yeah, 100% agree with you, 100% agree with you. Well, we've had a great conversation. We're going to go now to the next section, and now this is going to be pretty powerful, Colonel Dowd. This is going to be powerful because this is the world-famous lightning round. It's time for the world-famous Quick Connect lightning round. Are you ready for the lightning round? Uh, I thought so. <laughs> no, okay, okay. Before you start the lightning round, Tim, All right. is there a time set? <laughs> <Do I> got- <laughs> well, there, there's, a, there's a guideline. You, you won't have to go for very long because here, here's the deal. The lightning round is where I'm going to make five statements or questions, and you're going to respond with one word. One word. One word. That's the rules, okay? Roger that. All right, here we go. Number one, what is the best word to describe your service as a military leader? Thankful. Outstanding. And you got that quick, too. Very, very good. Uh, number two, honor, courage, and commitment are the Marine Corps' core values. Which is the most important to you? Honor. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that. Number three, what word do you think of when someone says poor leadership skills? First word that comes to mind is ignorant. And I hope that doesn't come across too negative. Well, here's, you know, the definition of ignorant is actually a lack of information, right? Yeah. So I don't think that comes across too harsh. If somebody had better information, maybe they wouldn't have more leadership skills. Or, or maybe the lack of trying to receive information. <laughs> <laughs> Number four, what's the best word to snap everyone to attention when there is chaos all around? Wow, that is a tough question, Tim. I'm going to say, the audience may or may not get this, okay. but I'm going to say ears. Ears. And I have to explain. Now I have to explain. Yeah, you might have to explain that one real quick. Okay, so in boot camp and officer can school for the Marine Corps, the way that they train you is the instant and immediate response to a command. And the command is usually singular in nature and one comment or a notion or a signal. And in combat, I've used it. In, in board meetings, I've used it. When there's a lot of people are talking and kind of getting settled, settled in, I just say ears and automatically... The notion for the average person, like, I, I need to listen to something. It's yeah. not like, hey, or something like that. It's ears. So automatically it's listen. And you'll find that if you keep using that term, people get motivated to that element. And then anytime <laughs> you say ears, they'll automatically turn on you like, I got to listen to something. I'm going to listen up. <laughs> so I'm just going to say ears. Ears. Gotcha. No question. <laughs> All right. Number five. This one might be the hardest one. I know you live in Hawaii. How did you spend the 4th of July? Beach, park, or barbecue? Beach. 
Beach. Went to the beach on Fourth of July. Outstanding, outstanding. Well, Colonel Dunn, I can't thank you enough for being on the show. Thank you for your leadership. Thank you for your service. Thank you for your insight. It's people like you that make this country the greatest country in the world. And I can't thank you enough for being on the show. And I know that everybody that listens to our podcast is really going to appreciate this episode and the insights that you've offered today. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. God bless you. And uh, thank you for, again, allowing me this opportunity. My first podcast, uh, I enjoyed it. You made it comfortable for me. <laughs> the lightning not a little bit nervous, but hopefully that makes sense. <laughs> it's perfect. Thank you, Colonel Dunn. So in conclusion, speaking of this week, this 4th of July week, let's take a page from the leaders who shaped our nation blending the best of military and business leadership to blaze our own paths. Remember, leadership is not confined to a single domain, but is a universe force that we can all harness regardless of our roles. So whether you have leader in your title or not, if you are a mother or a father, a grandmother or grandfather, an aunt or an uncle, a big brother, a big sister, or a really good friend, if you have influence, you are a leader. Catch you next time. You have just listened to the Quick Connect podcast with your host, Tim Rogers. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, 